You are listening to the Homeland Hera Salute, sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes. This podcast is brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation and produced by Dairy Cam. Today's episode is sponsored by Elliott Health System, providing quality, compassionate care to our community for over 130 years. This podcast sometimes deals with mature content that may not be suitable for a younger audience and could be triggering for some individuals. Discretion is advised. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. No views expressed in this podcast represent any of the uniform services, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, Dairy Cam, or any other organization. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homeland Heroes Salute. My name is Alyssa, and today we have co-hosting with me, Arthur Briggs. Hi, Art. How are you today? Thanks for joining us. I'm great. Thanks for having me back. What a great opportunity to share some love and hear some stories about some veterans. Yeah, absolutely. Art and I are joined today by Corky Messner. Hi, Corky. How are you today? Great. How are you two doing? Doing good. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Excited to do this. We're happy to have you. Um, so the first thing I got to ask you is where does this nickname come from, Corky? Because Oh, my gosh. I have Bryant, correct? Yeah, my first name is Bryant. I was given the nickname Corky, actually, when I was born, as I've been told. And there's no fun, cool story about how I got the nickname. So... It just my parents when I was born gave me it and 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 you know I had opportunities in my life like when I went to West Point to get rid of it and I chose not to. <laughs> it's not sure why, but it's a standout name. It's a yeah. standout name. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I think so. We we certainly sort of kicked around whether to use it in the campaign or not and and decided to go with it since I was comfortable with it. Yes. So can you share with the audience a little bit about who you are, what branch you served in, your rank, and any fun facts about yourself? Uh, sure. I, you know, I left home at 17. I grew up in a blue-collar family. My dad was an auto mechanic. I left home at 17. Um, to go to West Point. And I was recruited to play football there, actually, and turned out to be not a very good football player. Um, <laughs> graduated from West Point in uh, 1979. Uh, went to airborne school, got my jump wings, uh, became an Army Ranger in my Army Ranger tab. And, uh, and I volunteered to serve in uh, West Germany in the early 80s. And uh, I actually served there for four and a half years. I extended my tour, you know, that was sort of the height of the Cold War and the Reagan buildup. And um, we were right on the, the Iron Curtain, as Winston Churchill called it, the East and West German border. Uh, so, so we were the tripwire, uh, based on the strategy of the day. And I love being in Germany. Uh, fun facts about me is, um, you know, after I served, I went on to a successful legal and business career. I'm entirely self-made. I'm, I'm a rags to riches story. I'm incredibly grateful to this awesome country. 
that that's given me this opportunity. And, and it's actually a reason why I'm running for the U.S. Senate is I want to preserve individual liberty and economic freedom for, for everybody. So everybody has the opportunities uh, presented uh, by America. Fun facts, uh, you know, I, my sons are both West Point cadets. Uh, and actually, I, my older son is, is, in, is, in, uh, is graduating. And it's, it's kind of messed up because of the COVID situation. He was supposed to graduate on Saturday. And, and he's been home here uh, since mid-March. And they've been doing remote learning. So on Saturday, they actually commissioned his class as second lieutenants virtually. Yeah. So he was commissioned right here. Now he goes back on Saturday uh, to get ready to out-process and get ready for the graduation ceremony that President Trump is speaking at on June 13th. Wow. So... Small town guy. Where, where are you from in New Hampshire? Well, I grew up in Altoona, Pennsylvania. I live in Alt- uh, I live in Wolfboro, New Hampshire, right now. Fantastic. So, what what does hometown look like back when you were seventeen years old, getting ready to go to West Point? Uh, have you heard about the army before? Is some relative gone before you? Um, you you got to be uh, a, a pretty decent high school football player. I know you, you kind of sh- shied away from how good you were, but uh, West Point, you know, is always trying to beat the Navy in yes. football. So t- tell us a little bit about how you progressed up to, you know, assessing into West Point. You know, that is a, that is a great question. And, um, you know, you know, I grew up on the wrong side of the track, so to speak, and we didn't know much about anything. And as I mentioned, my dad was an auto mechanic and, and, you know, and he had grown up sort of post-World War II. He was a little too young to fight in World War II, uh, although he was in the army and was in Korea. And, and he, you know, had this, great admiration of Eisenhower and Patton and MacArthur. And, you know, so he kind of encouraged me to go to West Point. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> None whatsoever. And what high school kid does, right? Yeah. And it's, and the reality of it is, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you go to West Point, you're literally in the army. And you get paid. Not only is all the education paid for, is you're, you, you get paid a salary. Now, at West Point, they don't give it to you. They give you a small stipend every month. And, and back then, I think it was like 20 bucks a month. And, and, you know, for a kid like me, 20 bucks a month was a lot of money. And, and I got recruited to play football at other schools, and I went there, and I said, well, you can work in the cafeteria and, and that kind of stuff. I thought, heck, I'll go to West Point for 20 bucks a month. <laughs> so, so, um, so I went, and I, and, uh, and, and I uh, was shocked 
<laughs> now there's there's um yeah it was very shocking now you know there's a part of the story that you know is is a little more in the weeds i actually went for a year to what they call the west point prep school and so i had to enlist in the army i had to go through basic training at fort dix new jersey and and they would send athletes to this to the west point prep school and it still exists today um and and uh you know to give us a year to mature and that kind of thing because you can't redshirt at west point and then i was there for a year and then entered west point the following year i'm gonna i'm gonna take you back just a little bit again to uh coming from and i'm assuming small town pennsylvania your dad's a mechanic um west point is nothing to shake a stick at it, it's 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 an Ivy League school. It's it's an important step. You're coming from you know your dad was in Korea. He's obviously instilled leadership and army leadership into you. What was the day like where you were you know uh, you know approved or you found out like hey this you're going? What was that like for your family? What was it like for your friends? What was it like for you as a really young man? Hmm. That's a, that's a great question. You know, it was exciting. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a big day. But, you know, the, I, I mean, I, I grew up in some pretty difficult circumstances. So, you know, it, it wasn't like you see today with, with the celebrations, you know. It was like, oh, that's really cool. You're going to West Point. And, and the reality is, I think a lot of people in Altoona, you know, big railroad town, and, and, and the kids I grew up with, uh, you know, these folks didn't know much about West Point, to be honest with you. And right. so, so it wasn't some huge deal uh, that, that went down. But of course, I mean, you know, there, there were those that were super excited for me, and I was excited. And, and it was, you know, and, and it was quite a journey. You, you've referenced uh, your, your time in Altoona, Pennsylvania, uh, as, a, as a hard time, different side of the tracks. Do you want to elaborate, like, what was it like growing up, the son of a mechanic in Pennsylvania, like you did? Yeah, you know, we, we uh, very different from, from what kids go through today, but it was... I mean, Altoona at the time was a town of about 50,000, 60,000 people. Uh, the railroads had big repair yards there. So most people worked on the railroads, although it was starting to die out. You know, and Altoona today is a dying town. Um, you know, and we grew, we, we quite frankly grew up on, in the streets, you know, we grew up at the playground, playing basketball, playing football, playing baseball. Um, you know, we grew up, you know, running, running around and pretty much doing anything we, we felt like doing. And luckily we didn't get in very much trouble. Um, you know, my, my uh, grandparents on my mother's side uh, were immigrants from Lebanon. 
So I'm, I'm half Lebanese and, and, um, you know, my grandmother raised me most of the time, I might say. And, you know, she had that house where she would cook food every day. And, um, and, and my brothers and me and our cousins, I mean, we'd go there and eat and, and in fact, when I would go back to Altoona from West Point, the way to see everyone would be to go to my grandmother's house on a on a Sunday, and you just sit there and and for most of the day, and and uh, you get you know all the relatives coming through there to uh, to say hi to. So so it was you know it was in the streets. It was rough. It was rugged. Um, in some some way, sort of survival. Uh, we played sports all the time, all the time, and uh, you know, and pick up basketball at the playground with a wooden backboard and no net on the rim, kind of a thing. I can almost see you envisioning uh, some of these memories as you're talking through them about being at your grandmother's house and, and the basketball court. Um, I'm assuming that you learned a lot of your values and who you are as a person through those. What about your upbringing uh, would you say was instrumental in not only uh, your your life today, but also in your time in the Army and West Point? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, I would have to go. It was, it was uh, you know, football coaches and the camaraderie around football that that really sticks with me and you get that special bond from playing sports and and then i was really 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 fortunate that um you know some some teachers in school took an interest in me and uh you know and and i you know i wasn't the best student I, you know, I think I had the raw, the raw brain power and they recognized that, but I wasn't the best student. Um, and then I think that, the, you know, the same thing at West Point, my best friends from West Point, the ones who, who I stay in contact with today, um, you know, are mostly people I played football with and some others. And here's a fun fact is every summer, uh, I have a mini reunion here at my house, and we've been doing this now, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, um, where about, oh, 25 of my West Point classmates come here for a weekend of, uh, you know, good food, golf, sit around the fire by the lake um, uh, till late at night and, and have a great time. But it's the things that that really sticks out for me is, you know, the camaraderie around sports through the years. Yeah, I can I can almost feel how important that is to you. Um, legacy, your Lebanon, you said your family immigrated from Lebanon. Is that right? My Yeah, on my mother's side. And uh, your father was in Korea War. What what impact on you joining the army was 
your mother, your father, aunts or uncles, cousins, uh, who did you look to when you found out you like, Hey, I'm going to go to West Point. I'm going to make $20 a month. This is a good deal. Uh, who, who was it that you kind of like said, this is, this is what I want to be, or, or this is not what I want to be. Is there anything like that? Yeah, it's, um, so now this is something that very few people know and, uh, about my story, but there was a, a tragedy in my life, like a month before I left to go off to the army and, and my father died suddenly. So, you know, I left home at 17, <laughs> a month after my father died. Um, you know, and it was hard. It made it, you know, even harder than it otherwise would have been. And, um, so, so he wasn't around for me as I went through prep school in West Point. And, uh, but I, you know, I, again, I would stay in contact with my football coaches. Uh, you know, two of my uncles, I, I became very close to, and, and they helped me out. Um, and then, you know, and then, uh, you know, then there were friends and, and, you know, officers at the academy that would look after you and football coaches. Uh, so I ended up with a very solid, caring support system around me. I can't even begin to imagine how challenging as a young man it would be to lose your father at that age and then take on um, take on something as, as daunting as becoming a leader in the military, uh, let alone earning your ranger tab. and. Uh, you know, what, what would you say if I, if I can, if I can pry you open a little bit more, what would you say your father's death did to you? Did it, did it instill resilience? Did it uh, make you realize that you had to lean on somebody? I don't want to put any more words in your mouth, but like, what would you say? Like, cause, cause life happens and, and you know that um, life happens. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Something's happening around you. And it, it's really how you react to it. What would you say you learned the most through that season, if you don't mind opening up a little bit more? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think um, ultimately, you know, no, no, no challenge is too great to overcome. No matter, as you say, life happens, no matter what happens. Um, you know, it can be overcome. And, and, uh, so, so I think it's really important that, uh, you know, no matter what situation one finds him or herself in that, uh, with, with, uh, you know, a loving support system around you and people who care and dedication and hard work and honesty. And, and as I say now, you know, out of the cadet prayer that, that I is sort of a guiding light for me. Um, you know, Lord help me choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. And, um, 
you know, so it's, it's, you know, you know, and it's why, I mean, even as I, as I reflect back, um, you know, I've taken on some real, real difficult challenges in my life, not only West Point, but, um, you know, when I started my law firm, I mean, the, the legal business is about as tough as business as you can imagine. And, and, uh, and I was able to grow that into a national law firm. So, so it's resiliency, it's a can do attitude. It's, it's, it's an attitude of, you know, no matter what the setback, no matter what the obstacle, um, there's solutions and, and you work hard to figure out those solutions. Uh, you know, you know, any challenge can be overcome. Um, and you need to, I think, keep a positive attitude and, and, uh, stay cool and, uh, and think your way through it. And, and it's really how I look at this U S Senate race. I think that's a really great message to put out there. Positive vibes are very important and staying positive is very important. Um, I just wanted to follow up real quick so that I, I, I Googled searched real quick to see what um, the inflation rate of $20 a month would be in today's dollars. Um, and in the late 70s converted to today, it's about 80 to $90 a month in today's yeah dollars so just put a little perspective out there for anyone that was curious yeah that's great and i think <laughs> that's what my sons were getting <laughs> so they've, they've stayed consistent which is good i suppose right yeah yeah well i think that's a good spot to stop today um thank you for joining us for the first part of quirky story for part two into the next episode of the homeland hero salute this podcast is brought to you by the Homeland Harris Foundation, an organization dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families in their time of need. To learn more, visit homelandheroesfoundation.org. Thank you to our production team at DerryCam, creating connection through story for a better world. Learn more by visiting derrycam.org. Today's episode is sponsored by Elliott Health System, providing quality, compassionate care to our community for 130 years. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the Homeland Harris Salute wherever you listen to podcasts.